Hello and welcome to the J-Rod Sports Pod with me, James Robson. And me, Ollie Dix. So today, Ollie and I are going to be looking back at a packed weekend of live sport, but in a slightly different way than we normally do. Ollie doesn't actually know what we're going to talk about yet, and I'm just going to fire some questions at him and see where the conversation takes us. So let's jump straight into the conversation that Ollie knows nothing about, about sport this week. All right, let's start in the NFL. Um, a lot of big games that happened this weekend. First big question. Is the Patriots dynasty over? Gosh. Because um, they got absolutely hammered by the 49ers yesterday. Yeah, they're now, what, two and four? Two and four. And a, a win off being last. <laughs> Or the Jets are one win off, which almost beat the Bulls. Can I just say as well? Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. Dynasty over. Yes. But I think the dynasty was over when Brady left. I think what's important to remember is this: this was never just a Brady dynasty. This was a Brady and Belichick dynasty. Like the two go hand in hand. Like I think. Without Belichick, Brady probably wins a few. And without Brady, Belichick probably wins a a few. Like, he gets there somehow. But there's no way that, like, without each other do they win the six. You know? So, I think that... that, that, But this is, like, borderline they're going to get top ten pick in the draft. Which (laughs) isn't something we've said about the Patriots for, what, 20 years? Yeah, and so I think for that, like, yeah, I think they'll Belichick. This is probably the longest Belichick will sit at his desk and go, "What do we do now?" This this is panic stations for me because the benching of Cam was big. I think it. I mean, I I kind of agree, but. I don't know whether I'm ready to like. So, do you think this I is know, like? I, I think I know better than to say that it was all Brady, but Brady is somewhere else and doing well, and looks better than he has for a while. And as Belichick well. is where he was, and in charge of getting weapons and hasn't got any. Can we say that Belichick was never responsible for the offense? Is that fair? Yeah, maybe. Like, like that—that that was a a Josh McDaniels and Brady kind of thing, and McDaniels, you know, is struggling with Cam at the moment. Cam said the first thing I said to myself coming home was, "You keep playing games like that, bro, and it's going to be a permanent change." Yeah. The way he played in the first three games. I think you would have re-signed him then for the next two years, yes? Yeah, probably. The way he's played these past two games, do you, do you re-sign him? Jared or do you, Stidham. Do you think? Like, how long does this... If this happens again next game, do you start, Jared? Uh, you're getting close at that point. You, you're getting very close. What I mean, does, this what was... What does Cam need to do? I mean, six points at home is abysmal. Yeah. I mean, that's... 
New York Jets football. Yeah, I suppose the big thing for me as well is that Brady leaving almost came at a, a very good time for Brady in the fact that that Patriots defense is not what it was last year either. Like Carl no. Van Noy's gone. He went down to Miami. We saw a lot of guys. Trey Flowers has gone. There was a few guys that um, Hightower decided not to play this se- this season. So actually the Patriots were almost like lacking in like eight or nine starters from last year, which over both offense and defense makes a big, big thing. I think this is a rebuild now. You think? I th- yeah, I think there was almost with a ca- with Cam coming in, it was almost like, can we somehow stay afloat, get some wins, some playoff performances, and kind of rebuild that way? That we see sometimes teams come back down and then like Green Bay, there's a lot. We've never seen Green Bay have a massive rebuild. No, but they've always been there or thereabouts, and just they don't do much in free agency either. But <laughs> you know, and I think actually that was what the Patriots we're trying to do but now i think it's a matter of yeah this could be top 10 draft pick and the and the fact that the the bills are so good means you know 10 and 6 doesn't win you the division no i don't think so i think as well but the, and i didn't know if the bills i didn't know if the bills didn't look great against the jets or whether the jets look better all of a sudden because I didn't think the Bills looked good. Really? No. That's fair. Well, there's your answer. I mean, to only, well, to, to score 18 points against the Jets. Yeah. You're doing something wrong. And they were behind for quite a while as well. Yeah. Okay, my next question. Yeah. Do Washington win the NFC East? Because they absolutely pumped the Cowboys. The Cowboys went to Washington and scored a field goal in the first quarter and then didn't score anything else after that. No. Sorry, Washington came down to them. I think the biggest thing I took away from this game was that Dak Prescott is going to get paid his money. Like, the f- I, Big time. I liked Andy Dalton. I think he didn't deserve to get kicked out of Cincinnati, no. even with Burrow coming in. Who's playing? Very good. Very yes. well. Um, and I thought once he got that chance in Dallas, that was going to turn some heads big time. Okay, yes, he got taken out of the game. I think it was in the third quarter after a very bad helmet-to-helmet hit. Um but yeah, they don't look like anything. Mike McCarthy doesn't look like he's really changed anything down there. I think they've got culture problems. This is going to be who can be the least worst division. And I think Washington, behind Ron Rivera, who's having his own kind of feel-good story at the moment, finishing yeah. his chemo, I think that Washington team has something to... They are already rebuilding or already like in the rebuild and I think that takes a lot to like you're then always trying to think of like your trajectory being upwards whereas you look at both Philly and Dallas they're trying to avoid that trajectory going down at the moment mm. and I think at them like they're going to struggle even more because of like how they're struggling in games and the fact that these teams get to play each other like two three times a year is just so great like you almost guarantee three wins yeah, you know, and and I think 
yeah, definitely whoever wins at NFC East is going to have a losing record. I think the Washington football team could do it, but I do think Philly are good enough. I think there's, okay, they're not good, but there are enough pieces there that I think that, like, Wentz has been a streaky player, and I think that works both ways with bad and good, and I think he'll start to come good. And I think he's not making the plays that won them a load of games at the end of last year with no weapons. Yeah. He's missing shots that he has to be inch perfect on and that's not really on him yeah like you can't expect one player to put everything on his back and take it and i mean did you ever think we'd be saying this year that the eagles would be missing nelson Aguilar? <laughs> probably not no <laughs> you know like he's gone to um the raiders and i think i don't know if it still stands this weekend but before this weekend he had the best receiving percentage in the entire league I think Donovan Peoples-Jones might now do with the yeah. Steelers because he hadn't caught a, an NFL pass until the end of that Steelers-Titans game when he scored the winning touchdown and then he caught a third down conversion and a touchdown yeah. and that's it Jeez. okay so turning our attention quickly to the Premier League um, have United turned a corner with a good result against Chelsea? Nil-nil on Saturday. Oh. You, right. Okay. By asking that question, I thought I had the result wrong in my head that nil-nil against Chelsea is a good result. I think that's a good result. <laughs> no, that is not United turning the corner, though. That's That's two teams that are very inconsistent right now. But, you know, a couple of weeks ago, if you were to tell United that they were going to draw nil-nil with Chelsea, they'd be like, yes! Yeah, no, I don't think they have. I think the PSG game was convincing, more convincing than the Chelsea game. I think the PSG game, though, came down a lot to Cavani. Even though he didn't play... I think that was a lot of inside knowledge. Like Rashford looked like Messi against PSG. Yeah. And, you know, that... I think there was a stat like Rashford has scored more goals than Mbappe at PSG's home stadium since <laughs> December 2019. Yeah. In the Champions League. And and that says a lot. And But I think, yeah, like they looked they looked good. Um, but I still don't think they've... That back four still doesn't look like shored up. And I think that that's they'll continue to have their issues. De Gea looks, De Gea looks better, but I don't think so. I think Chelsea is still trying to figure it out. Werner looked better. Um, Havertz looks like he'll be pretty decent. Like none of them look like they're bad players. But to say they've turned a corner drawing nil nil against Chelsea, I don't think is. I think it, you need to see more. They're fifteenth with eight points at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that I, that's that's not good for United. That never has been. And Maguire Maguire has not been the same since that whole incident. Do you think he I I question here. This is my thing with Maguire. Was he ever this good? Okay, he was at Leicester, sorry. 
at United, has he ever been the same player that he was at Leicester? Or is it just kind of shadowed a bit and he was it was hidden and then actually it's starting to become more and more evident now? I think the latter. I don't think he's ever been as good as he was at Leicester at United, but I think they were good at covering that up. Yeah. Or good at relying on other people, but now they can't. They need they kinda of need to rely on him and he is faltering at every opportunity. I mean Did even that England game though against Denmark. Yeah. You know, he looked ropey. That Danish team, as much as I love them, should not be running circles around Harry Maguire. United in trouble here of not making the top six. Oh, very, very much so. What's a a good result? From, from here, I think getting European football is a good result for really? United. Do you think there are enough other teams having good runs? Like having Everton and Leicester there, does that then create some problems for, for United, the fact that they're struggling as well? Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, I think yes, but I'm more confident in Everton's ability to turn it around than I am in United's. That's fair. Um, speaking of Everton, though, yeah, I mean this this sort of honeymoon period, uh, the start of the season, yeah, you know, top of the league and all this stuff is over. Do we think that Everton is in between the two, or do we think this is more what Everton are? I think what we. Uh, the the Southampton result, the Liverpool result one one at two two, yeah should have been three two Liverpool yeah, and then this Southampton, as an as an impartial judge that it was <laughs> okay as a Liverpool fan and both an oh, impartial I'm just call you judge out. I don't disagree with you I'm just call you out. good um, I think they're more accurate showings of Everton. And the fact that James didn't play yesterday, at Sunday, sorry, I, I don't. I think that's it's quite evident that Everton without James is a massive step down, and I think that they will struggle. And how long can they rely on him? Um, and I think actually you have to be realistic. They they were never going to win the league. They're not a, a league winning team. I think they came out very strong and actually top six is realistic but I think that comes down to like fifth and sixth is realistic I don't think they finish above I mean none of the top six teams are doing great at the moment but I don't think they finish above like Liverpool Man City Chelsea Leicester your top four from last year really I don't think Everton finish above any of those fair enough do you? Um, no I think top six is for Everton. I think top six is a. I think that's so good. Reach, really. I think it's. I, I that's a great aim. Yeah, I think it's. You know, going to be really tough because those are the games that you should win. Yeah, like, and those are the games that at the end of the season will come back to haunt you. Losing one nil to Leicester for me as an Arsenal fan yeah it, obviously it, it hurts it's not great but I can justify it because it's a team around where we need to be and you know close game bit bit shaky but but 
you know, yeah, competitive. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't be losing 2-0 to someone like Southampton with aspirations to go fight. I mean, realistically, if you're in the top six, you should be capable of fighting for the title. So do you think that this Everton team are more like your West Ham team? Because they look decent against West uh, against Man City, but it look like they're able of getting some results here and there when they have a good run of games against teams that are mid-table, they can win most of those if they perform well. But if they don't, they're very susceptible to losing one of those mid-table teams against one of those mid-table teams as well. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that is a good comparison. I think potentially Everton are likely to get a good result over a big team more so than West Ham are. Yeah. I think West Ham, on the flip side, West Ham are going to beat bottom-end teams more than Everton are and that's the kind of weird thing it's like okay well if you're an Everton fan and you go to Liverpool you take 2-2 that's a good result if you're a West Ham fan and you beat Southampton 3-0 that's a good result yeah I'm more inclined to see those results happening for you know each of those respective fan bases and a, a draw against Liverpool produces less points than yeah, I get that. Hunting. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, look, I think Everton have got to treat this as a process, and they've got to use the fact that they've got Hammers now to build around him. Yeah. It's not going to happen now. It's not going to happen next year. But if they do it right, it might be long term something that they, you know, do look back on and go, okay, well, that was probably a turning point for us, and now we're moving in this direction. But. The way, the problem is the way with footballers at the moment. Like, there's no patience for for teams, or from teams, or from players, to go through that process of building to something. It's just yeah. like, what have you done for me lately? Have you won this season? No. Okay, you're off. Or you're too good for this team. Okay, you're gonna go and play for Real Madrid. I think the big thing for me with Everton as well is their current success has been based around Calvert Lewin scoring a lot of goals and I think in order for them to get top six he needs to score well over 30 goals this year and yeah. and I don't think that that actually is sustainable you know like he's scoring at an unreal rate at the moment and I don't think I've seen enough to think that that's sustainable I can see why that's happening you know these are all like it's not a world class level he's just had some very good games yeah, it's yeah. the same with Bamford at Leeds you know, like, okay, he scored a, a very good hat-trick at the weekend and is playing well, but at the same time, like, you don't go and score 30 goals in the Premier League a season after being in the Championship. No. You know, like, okay, Jamie Vardy, very good player, but I just don't see these two on that kind of level and it even took Vardy a few years to get going as yeah, well. Yeah. So I think both of those teams are well safe of any kind of like relegation battle but will slowly edge their way down to a kind of mid-table result yeah I think if you're Everton you'd be leaping from the rooftops with a top six. Oh yeah and you'd be happy with a top ten yeah no that's fair okay Ollie last question I've got for you now um, and this is a bit of a curveball. Tal Gegenhart won 
the Giro d'Italia. Yeah. Over the weekend. Amazing time trial. Uh, but, I mean, I think the unsung hero... Well, not sure I'd say unsung hero. Rohan Dennis was an absolute beast in the final three or four days by just heaving him up mountains left, right and centre and riding in a way that someone like Rohan... We thought Rohan Dennis probably was done riding that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. I think with Rohan, like, you... And I don't know if the question has been asked or not. But I think, no, but I think just quickly with Rohan, he's someone, obviously, like, he won the world's TTs... Uh, 2018 2019 and was kind of like around that time like being considered like teams were asking him if he wants to be a GC contender and I don't like he's kind of said like that's not what he wants to do he likes kind of having like two three four days where he can just absolutely bin himself and like he can taper for some other ones you know I think he said like there was what, 18 stages of the Giro. So I think he was like stage 14. He was like, I had a taper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so then he could absolutely smash the next few days. But what I do think quickly with Rohan is he is a, he was a massive fish in quite a small ponded Giro this year. Yeah. yeah. And I think he was almost made to look better than he potentially would potentially have. Is. Okay. So, Gagan Hart becomes the fifth British man. Um, Froome, Bradley Wiggins, Geraint Thomas and Simon Yates to win a, bro- a Grand Tour. Yeah, uh, It's his fourth Grand Tour and because he started as a domestic towards uh, for Geraint Thomas in this, uh, he was 126th after the opening stage. Yeah, so because uh, he was riding for Geraint, yeah. he yeah, didn't try in that first time trial. What? How many Grand Tours do you think he wins? Do you think he wins another one? And how many do you think he wins? Oh gosh! I mean, the thing to remember is I think we 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 treat him as young, and I don't know whether he is young in the sport, but Very he's twenty five. Yeah, I mean twenty five, but and then I get that that's the last year of being able to be like the young, being wear the young riders jersey, but I I don't I think. You you have to revisit this question five years down the line. Because but, if I'm being honest, I would be extremely surprised if he's given the opportunity to ride for a Grand Tour next year over Bernal, Thomas, Carapaz. And I think there are probably arguably like a couple of other riders that Ineos probably have on their board if they have a ranking above Gegenhart as far as GC goes. Go. You know, like, I don't think this was... But do you not think he comes back into another role like this? Where he's a super domestique. But... Because we've seen this before. This is so rare. But we've seen this... No, but we've seen this before. Like, Bernal won the tour as a super domestique. Geraint Thomas won the tour as a super domestique. Yeah. They weren't meant to win the tour. They just happened to be ahead on the road and... You know, what I would right say out there with it. What I would say about those two examples is comparing Teo Gegenhart in the nicest way possible to Geraint Thomas and Egan Bernal is like comparing <laughs> there we go, Dominic Calvert Lewin to Messi and Ronaldo. 
You think he's not just even in the same stratosphere out, out of the league. So you think this is his only Grand Tour? Yeah. I, if if I had to say, if I had to give you an answer now, and not an answer of revisiting five years, uh, I don't think he wins another one. He didn't win this Grand Tour. He just was put in a position where he didn't lose it. The only time where it was him, like he was the one that like put in a performance, I would say, is the penultimate stage going up the mountains where Jai Hindley was attacking him and Gagan Hart was like onto his wheel every single time. But they weren't going super fast then up the mountains anyway because Dennis kept being dropped when Hindley would attack and then they'd like slow down again and Dennis would catch up again and just ride past them both and start carrying Gagan Hart up the mountain again. Like This is... This wasn't an an elite performance. This was a very weak tour. Like no one expected Jao Almeida to be in the Maliarosa for what was it, fifteen days? He's twenty two. Yeah. You know? I get that things are getting younger and I get Pagacha's young and Bernal's young. But this isn't like dominance that continues. This is actually he very much now has to accept like I he wouldn't be anywhere near the top at the Volta. I think the Volta is arguably with the tour like the toughest this year. Mm-hmm. I think the Giro is the third tour this year. Like to have the Volta like Carapaz, Roglic, um the Israel startup guy. Dan Martin. Dan Martin. Like, these are all top, top guys. And you've got, like, top, top teams. I think if Dumoulin was at the Giro, he'd win that. And he's, what, Jumbo's, like, third guy? Yeah. You know? And so, and, like, even, like, the likes of Sepp Kuss and George Bennett for Jumbo, I think they could win this. I think Carapaz wins the Giro easily this year. So, I think, like, we have to look credit to the guy. I couldn't have done it not a chance you know mm. like and i'm not trying to belittle what he's done but i think we very much have to sit back and actually look at this giro and go if geraint thomas was still here on the final day he would have been five six seven maybe eight minutes up the road you know and the same with yates i find it hard to believe that if those two guys were still at the giro at the end that they would not be clearly in the lead I think he's going to win a couple more. A couple more? What, though? You think he wins a tour? I might do. I mean, the only reason I'm saying that is because I... I mean, obviously, Froome broke his leg. He's had a long road to recovery and isn't the athlete that... Or he's claiming that he is still the guy that he was. But uh, I think had he not had that fall... He would he would still be a dominant force. He's thirty three. We're not seeing the cyclist cyclists like drop off at late twenties that we were. It's now pushing into thirties, and you know, arguably he's gonna have potentially ten years of being a super domestique, but thirty grand tours. I think he will because I think 
I just think at one point it'll all hook up for him again. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be... It'll change how Ineos race him. Well, it'll change... I think this has changed how Ineos race. Brailsford said after, you know, like, we've for so long we've been this this dominant force who always try to tries to control everything and like yeah there's another way to win yeah there's another way to win and he Brailsford was almost like there's a more fun way to win like mm-hmm. the, the, he he i think he enjoyed this giro more than like he has probably some of Froomey's wins or or, or wiggins but i i honestly i can't move away from the fact that this was a weak Giro, you know? And I think Ghana wins three time trials wherever he goes. So the fact that Ineos won seven stages. I think he won four, didn't he? There was only three time trials. Oh, I thought Ghana won four stages. Um, you know, I yeah, I can't move away from the fact that this was a weak Giro. Fair play to the lad, but yeah. I do have one question for you, mm-hmm. and this comes brings us full circle back to the NFL. The we, as of week nine next week, week nine, week eight, in the NFL, we will have three starting rookies. We will have Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert, and Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, Burrow at the moment has thrown for just over two thousand yards, twelve TDs. Herbert played less games but thrown for just over 1500 yards and 14 total DDs, TDs we haven't seen anything from Tua which is why he was the last name that I brought in Yeah. who wins rookie of the year Herbert really yeah I think that Chargers team is actually good yeah oh for sure whereas the others are playing on well Miami's decent but if, if Miami makes bad. if Miami makes the playoffs I think the Chargers are definitely making the playoffs really yeah well, and enough. so I think I think it'll be hard to overlook him I would say that I mean there might be one or two defensive players that we're not looking at no, I mean, that's fair. I think it's natural for us to look at QBs. The one thing that I would want to ask with this is, does Burrow ever make the playoffs in Cincinnati? Yes. Because we look at the moment, that AFC North, the Steelers are the last unbeaten team in the NFL after beating the Titans. Mm-hmm. The Ravens with uh, Lamar Jackson are going to be winning for quite a long time. Less... And less- agreeing with that really and the Browns well the Browns are the Browns but they beat the Bengals this weekend yeah somehow um so like does how it's not easy for him to get out of that division you know whereas like someone like Brady who won for ages I know they're not the same but like he um you know that was a weak division for quite a long time because they were so dominant I think Burrow is starting in the in the league I'm going to say two years, maybe three years after Lamar Jackson like, is done. Really? Yeah. 
because he just plays in a way that he doesn't take the big hit. Like, well, he learned that quickly. Didn't he, he learned that quickly <laughs> that it's it's not a good thing to do to take massive hits in the NFL, and just the nature of how Lamar Jackson plays. It's so exciting to watch, but it takes a battering. Yeah. No, I mean that's fair. I think we're starting to see players figure that not getting hit but being mobile out there. Like Kyler Murray. Yeah, exactly who I was thinking of. Is someone who, you know, is able to be that mobile quarterback but get down. Yeah, he knows how to get down and he knows how to get out of bounds. Yeah. Mm. Probably because he's about two and a half foot tall. But. Yeah, but beat the Seahawks. Yeah, in a bar store. <laughs> Right, so thank you very much for listening to that episode of the J-Rod Sports World. A little bit different, but I think it kind of worked. Yeah, best part of, I would equate it to Conversation Street. Yes, very good. <laughs> uh, right, so join us tomorrow when we're going to have a quick chat with Sam Corti about the Portuguese Grand Prix in Portimao. Uh, but until then, please make sure that you be a friend and tell a friend about the J-Rod Sports Pod.